Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off. This is Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host, Nate, Micah, and Andy. Oh, you failed that one. I thought that was pretty good. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. For 96 straight weeks, it's been welcome to. I make one mistake. You guys fired me for one mistake. You know what? Welcome. There you go. To this episode of the the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Nice. That was good. Proud of you. It only took you 45 seconds to get through it, but I'm proud of you. I'm not shaking your hand. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Nothing. Uh, we just watched Andy's hometown team win a Final Four game. Absolutely. Higginsville's going to uh, the championship basketball game, Class 3, basketball, uh, Missouri basketball. So, pretty stoked about that. I know. You were pretty excited during the game. It was <laughs> like you were – because we all know that I could give two craps about sports ball. But he was so excited. I was like, yeah, this is, this is this is good stuff right here. I was a little worried to get on the show after he was all amped up because I'm like, you know, our guest is not going to know that he just yelled at a TV for two hours straight. <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, my alma mater played for the team and for Coach Stoner. So yeah. Pretty happy for him. So congrats to Higginsville. They are uh, going to the state title game. Yep. One of my best buddies uh, that I grew up with, coaches for the uh, Wellington girls basketball team, they're in the final four. Yeah. Now, by the time this is heard, it will already be Those games are all over. And they have not played their first game yet. They start that tomorrow. And actually, there's three teams in Lafayette County. St. Paul Saints. St. Paul is also in the same class as Wellington. Yep, are are playing as well. So three teams – from Lafayette County made the Final Four pretty awesome. So Andy's girls last year uh, lost in the state title game, and uh, not this Andy, your your friend Andy, my, my buddy Lincoln. Andy, yeah. And um, they, so unfortunately, I'm not going to get to go down this year. Last year, I went down for the games. Yep. So I'm going to have to watch them on the Michigan website. I do got some bad news though. What? Did you hear our president had to go to the hospital? Are you doing this already? Okay. He couldn't stop Putin. <laughs> I apologize, political joke, political joke, not trying to get political. I thought it was funny. Does it, is it, is it weird that it bothers my OCD? That, that it did, didn't do it at the end of the episode? It, at the end? it does. This is exactly why I did it. I know. Just Thank to bother you. my OCD. You're welcome. I knew exactly how it was coming. You can't F it up this Screw time. both of you. Hey, if, any, if there's any podcasts out there that are looking for a new co-host, I am ready to leave these two behind. I they mean, both, I'd like to say we can make a trade offer, but I don't think we can get anything for him. <laughs> yeah, they both think, just shrugged their shoulders. I don't, I don't think he's worth much. Uh, so, dude, we've had a busy week this last it week. It has. We went to the uh, Iowa Deer Classic yeah. last Saturday. First time for, I think, all three of us to attend that event. Yeah, yeah. man. It was awesome. Honestly, any freaking event. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been to an expo. I just don't go to them. Yeah. Not to be that guy. but One, we met some 
pretty freaking cool people. Yeah. We met some of our, you know, our, our, our partners up there. Mm-hmm. Um, we met a guy, uh, Zach Mixer, I believe is his name. Yep. I believe that's right. I, I apologize if I butchered that, but uh, he keep killed. Your, you, keep your ears peeled for him. Yeah. He'll probably be on our show at Let's some point. see if we can't get him on here. He killed, it ended up finishing number four, I think, in the non, non-typical category this year in their big buck contest up there, which is a huge 210 deal. freaking inches. I mean, you probably saw some of the videos and stuff and pictures that we put out there, but just the, the class of deer that are there, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. Yeah. 210 inch deer he never saw before. And uh, it's a pretty cool story. So I mean, he's just up there living my dream. He's living his best life. Sheesh. So we're gonna uh, probably have him on do a Tales of the Chase episode at some point. Yep. You know, yep. don't know when, but we've got his name down, and we'll be getting we'll get, be getting in touch with you, Zach, yep. at some point. Um, but yeah, like we met some cool partners. We met some guys that we've done podcasts. Greg Leisinger was up there. We yeah. finally got to meet him in person. Um, got to see some of our fellow podcasters up there. Yeah. Yeah. The Missouri, Missouri boys went up north. Yeah, yeah. There's Bo- several Missouri podcasters that were up there. Yeah, Boot Hill was up there. Um, Buck and Strutton was up there. We mm-hmm. we met both. Although we only saw Kyle for about what do you say, 45 seconds. He was still yeah. hungover. So yeah, he was, <laughs> he was partying. And hard. then and then I sent him a text at lunch. Here's what's funny about us. I sent him a text at lunch. Hey, you want to come lunch? Oh, man, I'm already. I don't, I remember what he said. He's like, I got a big old group. So we go up there. <laughs> We ate lunch and dinner by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> We're freaking We're not losers. That no <laughs> but I'm like, I think I just sent 400 texts to 400 different people. Everybody's like, now. Nah. Everybody's going so many different places up there, though. Yeah, it, so, it's, yeah. There's a lot it's of busy. things to check out. So I will say next year, we. I think that if you're going to go up to that, it'd be best to stay one of the nights. Yeah, I mean, that was a long day. I mean, yeah. we woke, we were on the road by five. And we didn't get home till when? 10.30, 11. 10.30. And, and we left kind of earlier early. than we thought we were going to get home. Yeah. yeah. And we about died. You know, in a tornado. tornado. Which, Supposedly. let's not make light of it, because people no, did die. Yeah. Some, yeah. I yeah. mean, but we And drove. actually, some of the people that died were from here in Missouri. Yeah, That's I heard about that. Near where very I sad. Very yeah. sad deal. Um, but that wasn't too far from where we were. And, um, you know, we were making jokes and putting pictures or videos out about, like, should we leave, should we not? Yeah. And we at the Honestly, time didn't realize how serious it was. We, yeah, we it were, was very serious, but we were kind of stupid for that. But. So, um, but man, it, it was it was cool. But yeah. I would say either stay Friday night or Saturday night. Yeah, I mean it's a three day deal. You can stay all three nights, but you know when you get busy as we are, I mean I, we're definitely all got family. Yeah, but I think all the people we met though kind of leads us into our partners for today's show. Yeah, we got to meet a couple of them up there. We got to talk yep. to Lucky Buck. Um, Newer, newer partner for us. I think we talked about him before, but uh, got to talk to the owner there and yeah. his process behind it, the science. I mean, he really, when he explained like nutrition and and all the things, mm-hmm. he's not just trying to get you to buy five hundred buckets of Lucky Buck. No, he's it's, a nutritionist. It's about you know timing, timing, mm-hmm. and giving them a, them a right amount of supplement. Yeah, he's not telling you go dump a bucket of Lucky Buck every month all year, just keep it going. He actually tells you, well, you only need a third of it here. You need to get more of it during this time. I mean, he wants you to feed him at the right time, but uh, yep. hopefully we can get him on the show and, and get a good episode. Probably be pretty soon, too, because yeah. you should have it's stuff. Time. I mean, it's March 10th right now. We're sitting it's here talking. Time. Got to meet some of the River Jets, Tree Stands guys. Yeah, yeah, our main contact there was up there working uh, kind of a split booth with River's yeah. Edge and somebody Cage. else. And uh, um, so we're excited. I mean, they had some other stands set up, and yeah, um, the lockdown looks pretty damn cool. Yeah, I can't wait to get them some of them up. 
Yeah. The boys will feel better when they're climbing a two-man stand and mm-hmm. that ladder is as steady as it is. Because yeah. that ladder has a, uh, what do you call that, a, a member, a supporting member in the middle. Right. So that those ladders are nice and stout. You know, a lot of ladder stands, they kind of they, bow. They got that little bend. You know, they do. Well, my two boys don't like that. Yep. Got to have sturdy. And uh, that'll make them feel better when they're climbing up there yeah. with me. Us big boys like those sturdy stands. Those big too. fellers. <laughs> <laughs> so. And we got to meet our longtime uh, um, partner, partner Cuddyback, and our our main contact there, Dan, yep. who is just – everybody knows who Dan is if they're a Cuddyback user. I because, so. I mean, how many VPs or whatever he is take the time to talk to their users uh, with any issues they might be having, mm-hmm. walking them through, getting stuff done? Well, that's Dan. Well, at the show, I mean, we tried to come say hi and stuff, but it was kind of hard to get with him because he was there walking people through the process and yeah. educating them. I mean, their system's innovative. There's nobody doing it like they're doing it for the most part. So it's a lot. It's complicated. So yeah. he's taking the time to make sure they understand how it works. That was awesome. And they got some new stuff coming out, and so he's explaining yeah. that. So yeah, we'll, probably, some of that. we'll probably be excited talking about the, that too. I don't know if I can say this, but he's not going to get mad at us. The new battery packs? Oh, Those things yeah. are like half as big half as they the used size. to be with the same number of batteries. Same number of batteries. Condense yeah. it. Make it a little lighter. Yeah. yeah. be easier in like the spring packing them in and out. Yep. Yeah, and if you want to save yourself 10% when you're ordering some Cuddybacks, use the uh, code M- M-O-W-W-22. You save yourself 10%. So Yeah, they're kind enough to give us that code to pass on to you guys. Yep, absolutely. Final partner for today's show, Midwest Gunworks. We're about to have some fun. We're hoping. Yeah, we're going to go down there and meet them. Yeah. And uh, get some guns we got ordered from yeah. them and Order get them sight in. Order yeah. a few guns from them and... I'm going to put my new Maven scope on top of that bad boy. Same Z's. I've literally, I got my scope before you guys. Yep. And uh, it's been sitting in my closet just waiting. Mm -hmm. And uh, now that the guns we ordered are in, we're going to go out there. I think we're even going to go to range out there with them. Yeah, he said he's got a range. Yeah, right got I'm ready to let it eat. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of the reason why I went with the gun that I got because I got the scope. I got this, you know, freaking awesome scope. I mm-hmm. might as well put on a gun that I can really reach out there if I really want to. So, yeah, yeah. you should check out Maven, by the way. You know, they, they don't partner. You know, they're not our sponsor, but yep. you should definitely check them out. They're that shit's legit. If you were looking for quality glass. Hands down. I mean, they're yeah. they're not, and they're they're direct to consumer, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, money. you're not going to go see them, you know, marked up in Bass Pro or Cabela's or anything like that. Like they're direct to you guys, cutting out that middleman to make the best quality material for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But back to our partner, yeah. Midwest Gunworks. Use the code MWW five for five percent off. Which every is, bit matters. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of other products. Anything that you guys saw at the Deer Classic that struck your fancy? I got three things listed right here that I, I, I thought was, was pretty cool. I was finally able to get my hands, and we've talked, you've talked about them before, but the the Zinger Fletcher, Fletchings. Fletches, yeah. I always thought they were hard plastic. Yeah. I really did. Like anytime I, because I, you know, you, I like them on Facebook, so you see videos and stuff, but no, you actually get them and they're, they're pliable, pliable. Pliable. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's well, right they actually right. had a deal there that said if you could rip their fletchings, They'd give you a free pack of them. Yeah. And I'll be honest, me and Micah both tried Yeah, pretty I, hard. I didn't even yeah. try. I mean, I didn't, like, you know, get after it, but they, it wasn't happening. Yeah. You know what's weird is when you really got to cranking on it, why, when, I mean, you, I could see, like, in your face, you were really, like, working hard. And then instead of, like, you know, you're a big dude. 
why did you go? Ah. That's just weird. Like that's the sound that comes out of you when you're, you know, it's my muscle sound. <laughs> but those were pretty cool, and we all actually bought a pack. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna well, here's what I here's what I said. I wasn't gonna try them because I've been wanting to try them for how long, and I haven't bought them. Yeah. Well, they were sitting in front of me, so I just said, "Well, let's just do it. I'll, I'll buy a pack." So yeah. bought a pack, and uh, was it with an impulse buy? That was definitely an impulse buy. It was like fifteen bucks though. But the guys are so nice. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're cool, cool dudes staying yeah. in the stand. So yeah. yeah. Well, I'm extreme for that other. We all impulse buyed was that. Uh, Oh, they, the bird thing. Yeah, the, the bird thing. bear paw. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that, dude. Amy was even stoked about that. She I brought her too. home, Is and that she what was, it was like, oh, you got bear, yes. bear paw? I had to look it up, but it's for, like, cuckoo burrs and stick tights. Yeah. You go through, and you can't get them off, right? It's always a pain in the butt. You get I'm them in the washing sure, machine. I don't know about your guys', but it, it's always came up on, like, my, my Facebook feed and stuff. So, I mean, I've seen, I've it. seen it around, but, uh, you know. But uh, I'm excited because I'm a short ass. And like a dumbass, on top of being a short ass, my Huntworth pants are a little long on me, so I rolled them. Mm-hmm. I rolled them. They're full of them. I, and they're the fleece line, like the oh, Sherpa on lining. on the inside, too. And I rolled them outward, and we walked through a bunch of that shit, and I still I, – it's all in there. I can't get it, so I'm going to try it out. Yeah, there you go. I forgot I have it. I don't know where the freak it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that makes me think where I put it. <laughs> but you also mentioned that we found out about a pretty cool program – through the Elks Lodge, right? Yeah, it's through a – well, I mean, obviously we are in Iowa, so it was the Iowa Elks Association Deer Hide Program. But he said it's across the across nation. Across the nation. And I'm just trying to read this piece of paper he gave us. Well, guy originally stopped us like, hey, what do you guys do with your deer hides when you're done hunting? I'm like, oh, shit. Drop it at this yeah. process. Yeah, they wherever. Get, they get trashed. I mean, however we need to dispose of them appropriately. Yeah. You know, he's like, have you ever thought about donating them? I'm like – who wants my old deer hide? Like, you know. Right. But this program actually, through the Elks, you can donate your deer hides, and they have people that will pick them up, and they make deer leather, leather like deer yeah. hide material, like gloves and other things for, am I not mistaken? For veterans for, only. For veterans, right. Yeah. So, like, veterans in wheelchairs? Yep. They make these, uh, these leather gloves for them to wear mm-hmm. on their hands so that they don't. You know, mess up, your mess hand, up yeah. their hands on their wheelchairs anymore. Like they make uh, all kinds of shit, man. It's just it's cool and it's free. I just didn't know there's a program like it. There's one in Missouri apparently. Uh, so I would, uh, if you want to know more about it, I would get on Missouri Elks Association. Yeah. And reach out somebody Mis- there. Type in Missouri Elks Association Deer Hide Program and see what you find. Because I don't, we didn't do the research on finding where that was. Have not, but thought it was a pretty cool program. Mm-hmm. Last product I thought was pretty cool that I might buy is that tree hugger. That like was pretty neat. When we walked by that, like on our way out, remember we were getting ready to yeah. be like, hey, peace out. Yeah. It's five o'clock, we're done. <laughs> and we walked by that, and uh, that it's a tree hugger. It's a bracket, which there's a lot of companies that have brackets. In fact, some of my tree stands had brackets before. But you still have to then strap the stand in. Right. So it's it's like, okay, I've strapped this bracket on, and then I put the stand on, and then i got to strap that damn thing in. Mm-hmm. Well, that tree hugger, which I don't even know where they're out of. Uh, I think out up somewhere in the northwest. I don't know. Just Google tree hugger bracket. Anyways, you you strap the bracket to the tree, mm-hmm. and when you put the stand in, you got to put the same bracket on the back of the stand, you know, whatever. Right. Before, of course. You don't have to strap the stand in. Nope. Slide it in, put one pin in, and it's in there. Go. Yep. That's might try it out. Yeah. 
Not a bad idea. Uh, but yeah, that was cool. We Anything haven't really talked about our show today. No, no, we haven't. No. This is the last of our little mini series that we're having. Coyote series. Yeah, our little coyote series. We have our uh, returning guests actually. Did, did we save the best for last? I can't. I don't think we can say that because they're all different. They're all good. I'd, lo- yeah. I'd love yeah. to say it, but you know they're all good. John is definitely a. I think I don't know if idol for us, but I don't know if that's the right yeah, word. But we look, definitely look up he's to in him. That territory. He slays some daytime coyotes. So we've talked about some some thermal hunting coyotes. We've talked about night hunting coyotes with lights. John talks about, you know, some pressured daytime hunting tactics and, and different things. We go down a lot of rabbit holes, but Yeah, we get into cow. Actually, we didn't really go down a lot of rabbit holes. We we ended the show with a giant hole. That's true. We just jumped we right just off. We just jumped right into to rifle calibers. To rifles, calibers, bullets. But all kinds of good stuff. Honestly, that's part of my favorite part about talking to these last three uh guests mm-hmm. because we've asked that same question to every single guest. And not the I mean some of the answers are pretty much the same. There's one consistent. 22-250. in the last three episodes. Haven't you noticed that? I just ruined it, actually. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't. Maybe wait yeah. till the end of he, the show. He didn't just talk about one. That's no, true. He, t- he talked about a few of them. Yeah. But, so. but John Collins with uh, Fox Pro comes on with us. Great guest. He's actually been on our show before. Repeat. If you want to go back to episode number 63, he talks about hunting summer coyotes with us back then. Um, but he's a great Great coyote hunter. Check him out on Fox Pro stuff, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just enjoy his content. Let's you, let him get you to it. Jump into this. Let's let's let him <laughs> jump into it after 17 minutes. Let's let's let him talk to here, not talk to us. Let him hear John. All right. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Okay, with us tonight, we've got a uh, returning guest, our friend John Collins with Fox Pro. John, what's going on, man? Not much, guys. How are you all doing? It sounds like y'all getting a little bit of snow. A little bit of snow and a lot of cold weather. Yep. So, yep. At least for the next few days, and then we're back up into the 60s and 70s. Yeah. I say by, by Wednesday, so by the time this is coming out, we'll be 70 degrees. Yeah. yeah. So there's, a, yeah. there's two things my boss makes fun of, because they're from Wisconsin. and. Right. He can't believe we can't handle a little bit of snow, but we can't. I mean, we get – like, my kid's school was canceled today, and it was two inches by the time school started. I mean, yeah. And the right. roads weren't bad at all until, you know, a <laughs> little later. bit ago. Yeah. And then he can't, he can't believe that when <laughs> it says does snow – Says the guy who snow, got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> says the guy who got stuck. He can't believe when it does snow, it don't stick around. This snow we got right now will be gone by Sunday. Yep. Right. Well, I mean, when you talk about 70-degree weather coming in. Yeah. (laughs) Is what it is. Which I'm ready for that. Yeah. Well, tonight's show is kind of going to end our coyote mini-series that we're we're having. Um, We've had uh, two shows in a row. One was about thermal hunting at night. One was about uh, hunting at night with lights. And uh, I I don't know if you know this or not, John, but this is Missouri's second year of allowing hunting with artificial lights and thermals. Um, and thermals for two months out of the year so uh there's how, a lot of you guys how are you guys liking it uh it's it, fun as hell it's <laughs> it's expensive yeah i uh my wife don't like it 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to give up day hunting quite yet, but no, uh, not at all. I do appreciate a little extra help getting rid of some educated coyotes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you mess with uh, thermals or lights at all? Or are you mainly just daytime I'm only? Mainly, I'm mainly just pretty much daytime. I have filmed. I've been behind a camera for some night hunts. I filmed some stuff for Fox Pro. Uh, while you know others were hunting you know uh-huh. i was just behind a camera as a videographer but as far as me on a gun night hunting uh, next to zero yeah yeah well i will say just from us doing it these last two years it's just day hunting and night hunting and we've said this before in the last few weeks they're not even the same i mean like one of our uh one of our guests i think he explained it it's like playing football but one way you play football by the rules and the other way, there is no rules. You know, it's just they're to- it's the same sport, but they're so different that it's hard to compare them. Well, there's, it's definitely two different types of, of hunting. You know, a night hunter, you know, they're looking at hunting out where coyotes are up on their feet, being active and out hunting, you know, out being a coyote. Um, a daytime hunter, if you're hunting, you need to be hunting, focusing on total different areas. You know, you're not hunting those areas where coyotes are uh, – up on their feet, out feeding. You're actually got to pinpoint coyotes. You know, go after coyotes that are that are laid up for the day. Those coyotes where they're tucked tucked into the thicket, hiding from the world. Those yep. those are the type of spots you're hunting. So it, it's just it's totally different. It really is. I mean, you're you're going from hunting an animal that's active to a hunting an animal that's inactive. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, like you said, inactive. You got you got to figure out not only are they in there hiding, you got to figure out how to make them come out. Exactly. Yeah. Got to get them back on their feet. But you know, it is really, it's really cool because there's an entire state learning how, learning this new thing over the last Mm -hmm. two years. I mean, this is, this is only the second season and Missouri only allows it from February 1st through March 31st. So it's not something you can do all year long, like, you know, down in Texas and a lot of other states. So it's, it is kind of cool. You seeing all these people learn just something new to do, you know, should they try thermals out? Should they hunt with lights? If they should, how do they do it? I mean, all these right. things that nobody, not a lot of people really know in our state. Um, is, can, can you hunt with lights and thermals in Kentucky? Yeah, it's a, it's a limited season as well, but it's yeah. longer than draws. It's like December 1st through March 31st. or I think it actually may be extended this year, or they're planning on extending it next year. I, you know, I don't keep up with, with, that. with those yeah. very much because, <laughs> you know, I'm not extremely interested in it. But, you know, if anybody on here is listening for that, you know, if you're in kentucky or thinking about hunting kentucky just go to fw.ky.gov and look at the regs there for coyote hunting it's pretty pretty black and white there yeah well enough about night hunting because we're not talking about today we're talking about day hunting uh you know as our listener knows if nobody knows if you don't know who john is john is a a, well let's just call a spade a spade he's a badass coyote hunter absolutely that's all there is to it google him bro google me (laughs) he uh you know, John is one of the first people I ever started watching uh, coyote hunting. And, you know, I kind of, uh, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm like you, but it's, I love watching a guy who just goes hunting, you know, just, I want to go hunting and I'm going to go. You do a lot, you used to do a lot of your own filming um, and it's and just cool to, and, and, you, and still do. Yeah, I didn't mean that. Uh, and still do that. It's, um it's just really cool, you know. I mean, it could be middle of summer and you're wearing a freaking green T-shirt, um, you know, sit up in some brush and just go coyote hunting and you know smoke a quad, just making all, it all happen while you're at it. Yeah. So uh, 
John is uh, currently with Fox Pro, and you should check him out on their uh, YouTube channel. What's Is it just Fox Pro on YouTube? It's Fox Pro Inc. They're also on Carbon TV, Roku, MOTV. Uh, you know, just anywhere you can find a streaming platform are pretty much there. If you have their Roku channel, that's all you need for about um, months because you can just sit there and go episode by episode by episode. It's pretty pretty sweet. Yeah. If you get there's, done- a, there's a ton of content on Fox Pro's uh, streaming platforms. There's, uh, I'm not went and checked it, but I would go out on a limb and say that Fox Pro has the most predator hunting action. I'd have to out, of every, out of anybody, maybe a bunch of them combined. So if you want to go binge watch a bunch of predator mm-hmm. hunting, just get on one of Fox Pro's pages and we're adding stuff. We're adding a bunch of stands every week. So mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome much stuff. what I do about once a week, binge watch it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Get through a few. I finally kind of get caught up or whatever and I'll just sit down and go, all right, let's, let's turn John on. All right. Watch several episodes there. I'm going to turn these guys on. I like watching, you know, several ones a night you know and it's it's really fun to do right. you know right well we appreciate that and, and you know right there with fox pro you'd see some other really good coyote hunters as well we got you know the great al morris is on there abner drucken miller mike Dillon, cody hassinger all those guys you know a lot of good a lot of good content fox bobcat coyotes everything's on there yes you know, it is that kind of good segue to a little bit of the topic we want to talk about is you do put out so much good to- content throughout the year you're consistent stay in front of coyotes and this time of year, especially, you know, actually in Missouri and anywhere, coyote hunters seem to come out that January, February, March. So we're starting to get into some pressured coyotes. I mean, they've heard calls. They've gotten a lot of people. Yep. What, how does, I mean, can you walk us through a little bit? How does your mindset, does your mindset change? Um, and I mean, we'll take this all the way, hopefully maybe through calling. I don't want you to give up all your secrets, of course, but uh, um, how does your mindset change? this time of year when you know you're hunting pressured coyotes yeah I'm like hey, when you start in january do you start with the understanding in your own mind that by the time by this time next month these these coyotes are going to be pressured by not only me but probably other people and does that change the way you start the season we'll, we'll call it the season we know it's a, all year long but you know when we were talking just a couple minutes ago those three months seem to be like when it really ramps up you know, during breeding season and all and that. That really is when it really gets pounded. You know, a lot of your deer seasons are closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the deer seasons are, a lot of deer seasons are still open, you know, going all the way through January. Uh, but the thing is, a lot of times people are done hunting. You know, mm-hmm. you got tags filled or they're just ready to move on to something else. And you do see an uptick of hunting, usually, you know, for prayer hunting, especially December on. And like you said, January, right after Christmas, seems like it really spikes up. And, uh, yeah, your mindset does have to change. I mean, it has to change for many reasons because you're contending with other hunters out there. Uh, like you said, you're, you're contending with, with coyotes that have been called to by other hunters. Um, plus, the coyotes themselves are changing. Uh, they're going through a transition period where, they're, where it's the breeding season for them. So, so there are a lot of stuff changing. So you gotta, your mindset's got to change right with it. Yep. What uh... – it just made me think when he said breeding season, what, what you saw a couple of weeks ago with the two uh, coyotes on the pond dam. Oh, yeah. It's just funny. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's nature, man. It's happening. They're out there. They don't care who's around. They were taking care of business right there on a the pond dam. And I'm like, why didn't you shoot them both? <laughs> right. Seems like a two for one. Let him, die, let him die happy. Man. Let him die happy, man. But, 
so when, when you get you say your mindset changes i mean as as far as your position you think on a set so do you try to push in a little closer to some areas you think they're they're bedded in laid up or do you still kind of keep the same distances um well, you know, you know, every, every stand that you make is, is got its own, you know, everything's situational. So, you know, sure. it's nothing really black and white when it comes to that. Uh, but yeah, especially if it's places, it, say if it's places that you're hunting, that you know, other hunters can hunt, um, you kind of, and there's no way you can know what kind of sounds they're playing. You don't know what they've played. You don't know what they've killed. You don't know what they've spooked. You don't know if they went there hunting with the wrong wind and got everything call shy because they, they played sounds and the first thing the coyote did was got a big nose full of them or, or what. You just have to go in there and hunt it as smart as you can. You know, make smart setups. Um, try to probably try to be a little cautious on how much sound you throw out there. Um, definitely make sure, you know, of course, hunting your wind. But uh, you might go try certain sounds and certain setups you wouldn't think the average hunter would make. Like you said, maybe crowd that ticket a little tighter where you think your coyotes are laid up. Um, if you, you know, a lot of hunters are still hammering prey distress sounds, uh, and I do too, right there at the first start of uh, January, right there after Christmas. Uh, don't be afraid to play the vocals. A lot of coyotes get killed every single year to vocals. It's breeding season. Hit them with those howls. Hit them with those breeding sounds and breeding sequences, fights, growls, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, a lot of your, I don't know what you would call it, uh, you know, you see a lot of newcomers, new predator hunters start up after Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the first thing that, if they've not really studied up on a lot, first thing they're going to do is go out there and start blaring rabbit, some kind of mm -hmm. rabbit distress. So, you know, it might be a good idea to stay away from it. Like we said, it's the breeding season, so you're going to be able to call coyotes in on vocals. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I would really take advantage of, especially if I'm hunting places, like I said, that, that other hunters are there. I'm just going to try to play a different set of sounds that I don't think they would ever think about playing. Do you, uh, do you save some sounds for I, later in the year? I, I've actually got certain sounds that I won't even think about playing through certain time frames, And that's, that's 12 months out of the year. My, my, sound file selection and sound sequences that i use throughout the year january all the way back around through december is constantly changing and evolving with uh, uh whatever time frame it actually is what kind of time frame the coyotes are actually in their transition period you know you got breeding season you got breeding season tailing off they've actually got kind of like a little pre-rut period just like a lot of like you would think about with white-tailed deer um uh, then once the once the females are bred, things are changing. Then, then they're going to start thinking about denning. I mean, a coyote's got this cycle of life just like we do, you know. And you've got to 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 be successful year round. You have got to be able to evolve with them. You've got to be able to change up your tactics to to match what they're going through. Yeah. Well, and you know, it'd be nice to see that happen firsthand. You know, okay, I used KG Cottontail. And I saw them turn around and, and run. But a lot of times you don't even know that didn't work. Right. Uh, although it, the other the other week it was really cool. I was actually gone and my wife calls me and says, hey, there's, there's two coyotes in the field behind our house. And she sends me a picture and one of them is just drop dead gorgeous. Might have been melanistic. I'm not real sure, but it was real dark. Awesome. So I bust ass home, get home. 
She's like, well, they went behind the neighbor's pond dam. So I call my neighbor. I say, can I come behind your house right quick and try to kill these two dogs? Yep, come kill them. I go set up. You know, I'm, I'm kind of calling a little bit, just doing some squeaks, trying to get them to come out. And about five minutes later, my wife calls me again. Hey, they're back in our field. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, hey, um, stay on the phone with me, which I don't even know if this is on the up and up. <laughs> I said, stay on the phone with me and tell me what they do. And I turned on KG Cottontail, which I've used plenty of times. One of the greatest sounds ever recorded. We run it in every state we hunt. And and these coyotes where I'm at are pretty damn pressured, right? So I'm guessing they heard it before, but I turn it on. My wife says, oh, they're looking over towards you. I said, okay, that's good. Next thing she says, and they're running directly the opposite direction, and they're running fast. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's over. <laughs> if, if your wind was good. And yeah, my wind was like good. That, yep. Somebody... You know, possibly you. Very possible. Somebody <laughs> has messed up on those coyotes playing a rabbit distress. It might not even be in KG Cottontail. It, yeah. it could have been the duck cottontail. It could have yeah. been eastern cottontail. You know, it could have been anything. But uh, Him and all three of his neighbors smart. coyote hunt. So uh, yeah. Yeah. it could have yeah, been anyone in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, There's nothing worse than trying to hunt all shy coyotes. It's, it's, it's rough. I mean uh, – I can't think of anything worse besides maybe call shout long beards, turkey. Yeah. <laughs> Which you we're getting close. And you know what's yeah. funny is with them damn coyotes is they're call shy, but they will walk out in broad daylight in the back of your field like you can't touch me. And just, yep. you know, you're you're walking around with your kids, you know, and they'll just be 200 yards behind you out in the field mousing like they ain't no problem. Right. Well, just like, weird. <laughs> it is weird, but those, you know, coyotes, they feel safe in those type of situations. They can see, you know, they, mm -hmm. can, they can see what the situation is. If they think they're seeing danger, they can get out of there. Uh, you know, they're they're pretty daggone slick. I, I've always told everybody I think they're the smartest animal you'll hunt in North America. I completely agree. Oh, yeah, 100%. We've said it before, but are they not the most successful predator in, in maybe the world? I'd say, yeah. I Think mean, about I, mean I, I would, I would say, arguably, yes. I mean, I make a good argument for for other species, I'm sure, but yeah. I mean, I, mean, I can I, look, at, look at North America. I mean, they're the most widespread predator there is, are they not? I mean, they yeah, can. They, you put anything in front of them, and they can they can live there. If I mean, they, they live in they live in downtown Chicago. <laughs> so so yeah, speaking <laughs> of that, adapt, anything. There's an article I read today. That they have now found the first confirmed coyote living on Staten Island. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, really? They don't know how it got there. Don't know where when it got there. But there is a coyote that is living on Staten Island. So it's healthy. I don't. I don't know how it got. I mean, that's crazy. Had to swim, I guess. Uh, I've got a got a friend that lives in Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois, named uh, Tim Spike Davis. I don't know if you guys know who he is or not. He's a the a cartoonist. Right, draws comics and okay, stuff. Okay. Or extreme magazine and stuff like that he actually is there in chicago and he'll take like a hand call and go to like a cemetery right there <laughs> in chicago get the squalling on it you know he can't hunt them yeah but coyotes will come running up right through the gravestones you know right oh, out there wow. the, i mean they, they live there that'd They're be there. something to see they're yeah, amazing it'd be pretty neat we were getting ready to hunt coyotes uh last week we were literally getting ready to go to our first set and my aunt texts me and she lives near kansas city in the in the city yep. she texts me a video and her her only text in it is is this what I think it is? And I play the video, and you just hear coyotes going crazy in behind her house. Mm -hmm. 
I said, yep, you might want to make sure your dog's on a leash or close to the house. Yeah. Right. And uh, she said, those are coyotes. And I said, yeah. She's like, but where'd they come from? I'm like, oh, they've been there all along, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, they're there. <laughs> yeah, they know what they're doing. They know how to live. But uh, what about, so as far as setups itself, mm-hmm. so as the season goes, would you say you become more aggressive with where you go to sit? Um, even on, let's say, the same property. Let's say you hunt a property January 1st, and then you come back to it, I don't know, March 1st, or even maybe a little before that, and you know that area has been pretty pressured. Would you be more aggressive going in, or would you try to back off on them? Uh, probably probably a touch more aggressive. Um, like we was talking about earlier, I'll probably set up, you know, as far as daytime hunting, I'll set up closer to those thickets, you know, to those uh, spots where it's actually holding a coyote. And if we wasn't filming, you know, I'm using, I've always got a camera around. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that, uh, sometimes I would actually get inside the cover with them, get really aggressive. Yeah. Uh, but I don't do that a lot because it makes obstacles for our, you know, because we're filming. Sure. But definitely, definitely a little bit more aggressive on uh, far as how much I would push in, so to speak. I mean, you got to be smart about it. You don't want to be walking through coyotes, of course. <laughs> But yeah, I would probably set up a little bit tighter, and I do set up a little bit tighter. But I'll be a less aggressive with my sound selections. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely start okay, off yeah. like more quiet too. You don't want to all of a sudden blare it. Or what do you do? Quiet, just uh, you're not, safer. Yeah. You're not going to go challenge him right off the bat. Right, exactly. And and like I said, maybe not those normal sounds like you was talking about cagey cottontail. That's a well-known sound that um, you know. Everybody's that's ever played it's probably had success with it. it sounds it, great. It, I said that earlier just a few minutes ago. I said it's one of the greatest sounds ever recorded. Is arguably the best cottontail sound ever recorded. I mean, it's beautiful, fantastic. Sound, yeah, but it's well known. Instead, you probably could have played uh, something like Nutty Nut Hatch. You ever played Nutty Nut Hatch? Oh, I love that sound? one too. Yeah, you know, or Ranting Redbird, Lucky Bird, something like that. It's not everybody's out there throwing out there or Titmouse Tantrum. Mm-hmm. Those coyotes might have turned in instead of running away from you. May have been hard chargers coming to you. Got a little curi- curious. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like thinking outside the box, right? I mean, somebody even told me, which now that I've played that sound, I really like it, but Baby Red Fox. Yes. You know, it's just different, and it it's Dude, really Bible loud. Yep, platinum, uh, platinum gray mm-hmm. sounds like that that people are not really thinking about for coyotes or thinking about it for fox are excellent, excellent coyote sounds uh, that could produce hard chargers. Could sense. produce hard chargers in a world of call shy coyotes. And I don't know if their listeners haven't experienced a hard charger. That, that's probably one of my favorite adrenaline rushes when you get a coyote out there a couple hundred yards and its head's down and it is commit 100 committed you have fooled it to the greatest extent you got the wind you got everything those ones where you almost got to stand up and yell at it to stop <laughs> yep yeah, and you know it's a good. matter of time before it uh, it's in your lap yeah there's there's several other sounds you know that as far as you could be aggressive pushing in but things you could be that would be more uh, less aggressive for your sounds and stuff like even even like rodent sounds, mm-hmm. like bow squeaks, field mouse distress. I know they're quiet sounds, but if you're setting up closer on coyotes, they're going to hear it. You know, if you're within 100 yards of the coyotes or 150, something like that, they can hear those rodent sounds. And not just 
like the tiny rodents, stuff like squirrels, like flying squirrel distress. <laughs> Try that sometimes. I have not one. used that yeah, one. I don't even know if I have that one on mine, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's... yeah. Go look under your rodents for your, you know, on your your. Uh, yeah. You know your things are labeled out. Oh, so you want, I don't. You want them? I'm kind of pissed off at myself. I don't know why I did this, but when I got my Fox Pro, I also bought like I'll another hundred sounds. I don't remember how many, let's say somewhere, maybe another 80. And, uh, I went in and reorganized everything so that I liked, you know, on the computer, I'm OCD. So I, you know, organized everything by folders, blah, blah, blah. Well, for some dumbass reason, I deleted stuff. I didn't think I needed like, uh, uh, house cat, like a kitten in distress. Dummy. I'm like, why the hell do I need a damn cat? So I got rid of it, you know, and uh, I might have gotten rid of some squirrel stuff because I'm like, why do I need to call squirrels? <laughs> you done messed there's up. A, there's another thing, like how many times you ever playing a raccoon distress on a dedicated coyote stand? Maybe once. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Like, there is all kinds of animals that would love to come kill a baby raccoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, baby raccoon distress. Uh, raccoon fight mm-hmm. all those types of sounds will call in coyotes i know a lot of people that play stuff like raccoon fight at the end of a bobcat stand really bobcat stand into it yeah that's kind of one of those secret things and uh, <laughs> another thing like you guys running fox pros you're running a shockwave you can take advantage of fox fusion you ever use fox fusion I do yeah i do something? well stuff like we're mentioning uh rac- raccoon fight you can take a sound like raccoon fight and hit Fox Fusion and mix it with something like Coyote Pup Screams or Nutty Nut Pup or HP Coyote Pup. Mm-hmm. What it turns into is a coyote fight. You know, if you listen to it from from a ways away, it doesn't sound like a raccoon and a, and a coyote fight. It sounds like a coyote fight. You know, and to a coyote, I don't really know what it sounds like. He might think it's a raccoon and a coyote fight. I don't know. But I do know that it will break coyotes loose and they will come charging in. Especially when you add them together, because nobody really messes does that sort of stuff. Well, I mean, like you said you've never done it, have you? I've I've very rarely used my fusion, and that's mostly because I'm stupid. But um, I use my Fox Motion all the time. Right, right. And I don't know why I don't use the Fox Fusion. I, I think part of it is I'm nervous to mess it up out in the field. You see what I'm saying? Like if I mess it up and then I end up throwing a sound in I didn't want on there or whatever, and then I feel like I've ruined that set. Uh, I mean, that's, but that's trial and error stuff. You might come across something that it really produces produces coyotes. You know, you said in those places that are that are pressured, some of that off the wall stuff that you normally wouldn't think of can mean the difference in calling in coyotes or having coyotes run away. It's true. What yeah. John's saying, he's too nice to say it. You got to grow up here and do it, or I just need to practice too. Like I need oh. to sit down at home and actually do it enough to I'm like, all right, I get this. But <laughs> uh, yeah, or just go hunt coyotes more. <laughs> I'd love to do that more, yeah. But yeah, the, the biggest thing for me, especially if you're talking about, if we're going to be talking about pressured coyotes, if I am hunting areas that that I know gets called by other hunters, you know, I said it earlier and it was a little vague, but, you know, I'm wanting to hit those sound files and sequences that maybe not everybody else is going to play. We've, we've talked about that here. Bird distress sounds. Bird distress sounds kills coyotes like crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time, anytime they hear a bird in distress, a bird in trouble, it's a nice little meal for a coyote. Nice meal for a bobcat. Foxes love that type of stuff. Other things, and you guys might play these, but your jackrabbit and snowshoe hair type sounds. Like here in Kentucky, 
there's not a jackrabbit or a snow. <laughs> Same. Oh, a thousand miles. I, was gonna, I don't know where the first one would be, but I know I can go out here. I can go hunting tomorrow morning and play just old school jackrabbit distress, the old jackrabbit distress and probably calling coyotes with it i mean yeah they come to it hard and same thing with snowshoe hair sounds uh that's another thing like when i finish out my bobcat sets a lot of times i'm finishing right here in kentucky with a snowshoe hair sound and i've called a ton of coyotes and bobcats to snowshoe sounds right here where i guarantee you that they have not ever heard a snowshoe hair their parents haven't heard a snowshoe hair. Their great, 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 great granddad hadn't heard a snowshoe hair. It's not, you know, the only thing they hear is something squalling that they think they can come and eat. And it's probably a, 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 a what's the word I'm looking for here? It's, it's a tone of sound that they have never heard, a frequency of sound that they've probably never heard before from any other hunters. Peaks that curiosity. Yeah. I got a confession. What? I took an elk call, like one of those uh, reed elk calls, mm-hmm. and took my nephew out the other. Oh, it's been a week or two ago, and like John's talking about, like I don't know, he, I just, I just randomly just started like blowing on it and making random squeaks and and squalls. It didn't sound like anything. We called in a coyote. Hey, some of those, some of those like sense. open reed, some of those like open reed uh, elk calls mm-hmm. make some of the best rabbit distress sounds you've ever heard you can actually kaya on them you know like stress <laughs> you ought to hear al morris on one he's pretty slick i'll have to i'll, have to I'll check that. that out yeah for sure you know it's funny is because you say jackrabbit cagey cottontail is probably my favorite rabbit call mm-hmm. my second favorite is lightning jack i don't know awesome. why i love it too and it's probably because it's, it's one of the most killing sounds ever recorded too it's probably the most played sound and we, once again but, yeah but it, it really produces and see, I got away from lightning jack, uh, quite a bit over the last few years, uh, because I felt like it quit working for me. And I think what it was, I had so many hunters around me that were using it. I think it burned the coyotes out on it. Yeah. Well, I've got some places that, that I know that people quit hunting because they wasn't having the success. So they kind of just drifted away from the sport. Well, I'd hunted the spots quite a bit and kind of, you know, killed coyotes out. There were still coyotes there, but I know they'd heard me calling. I went back in. I said, you know, I need to play some different sounds here. And I would, I got to playing lightning jack again this year. We actually killed uh, two or three coyotes recently off uh, lightning jack. And back in January, we killed a bobcat off lightning jack. Nice. Right here, places where I kind of quit running it. Well, it makes sense. I mean, they're dogs and dogs are smart. Yeah, so, extremely. I mean, if, if any of our listeners has a dog, even if you got the dumbest dog in the world, if you pay enough attention, they still learn things pretty quickly. So if a coyote hears that sound, and then every time they hear that sound, they either smell a human or they get shot at, or you know their buddies don't come back after walking out of the woods, it ain't going to take long for them to be like, yeah, if I hear that sound, um, I'm the other way. It's, yeah. Time to get it's, no different, it's no different than scolding your dog. If you've got a dog and you scold it, you know, it'll cower down. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever you start to get upset and fixing the scold, it already senses it. It already knows it's coming. It already starts to cower down. It's the same thing if you mess up on a coyote. If he associates something with danger, just like him coyote running off, it's just scouring down from being scolded pretty much. They took off. They they learned that from something. Yeah. It, I mean, it's kind of cool how smart they are, honestly. It makes it even that more of a challenge, you know, hunting pressure dogs compared to virgin ears although virgin ears are 
Much oh, better. no, I'd rather have a coyote come in every time. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they were all dumb. Yeah, I do too. An educated coyote, and you're honest, there's no way to ever know this because you're never going to know if it's the same coyote. Do you feel like, say, over time, you said you quit playing lightning jack, those coyotes were there, say, a year or two. Do you feel like they forget? Or do you think that, that their memory is – I mean, I know a dog's memory is pretty solid, but – I mean, I, I think they, I like that time frame. Yes, I think they can forget it. Um, I think it depends. Like, if it was just a one time thing, yeah, I think they forget it. But if you went there and it happened uh, several times, and then, you know, the coyotes were still there and you went, kept going back there and ha- hammering the spots and playing the same sounds, you can ruin that spot. You can ruin that little area to certain sounds. I do believe that. And I actually think that their offspring, uh, can learn from them as well. I know it sounds crazy, but I've seen certain sounds that can be killer in some spots, just flat out will not work in others. And I'm talking about just a few miles down the road. Yeah. And I don't know what the cause that is. I almost think that the, that, that set of coyotes learn, learn from it somehow, evolve to it or something. I know it sounds crazy, but they, I do have that much respect for them. I do. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what I mentioned earlier. I, I kind of the, the thermal part, the night hunting in Missouri, I feel like is my chance to get rid of some of those coyotes that won't come in the daylight, that they, I, they've heard all the stuff I've had to throw at them. And I don't know. I feel like it's the second opportunity almost to get rid of them. And oh, and, that, I, and that's a limited window here in Missouri, I think, too, because the longer our new night season goes, the smarter they're going to get here, too. I mean, right. I would assume. So it's even going to get harder for us. But it, I, I, I would think when you, you know, when you think they maybe forget, especially this time of year, do you think it's more of them forgetting or is it more of them maybe just ignoring their urge to – to listen to themselves because it's this time of year and they just ignore it and still come in? Or uh, do you do you think maybe they just do forget it? <laughs> you know, it, I mean, let's go ask one to find out. <laughs> right. It's hard to, it's hard to answer. You know, I don't even know how to answer it. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I did know the answer was make my job a lot easier. <laughs> right, yeah. They actually do forget after 6.1 days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So when it comes to your spots, um, this time of year, are you just trying to hit maybe one, two in the next three months or so, you know, this kind of main time? Or are you going more than once or twice in the three months that we have here, I guess? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm tailing off on the, on the stands I'll be making because uh, I'm starting to think about turkey season. Our turkey season is fast approaching, so I'll probably hunt a little bit next week for coyotes. And then after that, I'm probably going to give them a break for a while. I usually don't hunt them through April. And uh, at least halfway through May, because I am busy with turkey season. Mm-hmm. Uh, other reasons for that, I'm kind of looking for a break from them anyway. Sure. I know they want a break from me, <laughs> and that kind of does give them a, give them a time period to cool down, not hearing sounds from at least me. Uh, and it can give them that time period to cool down, and I can hit them uh, come denning season, say late May, yeah. early June, uh, with a total different set of sounds like denning type sounds for with small puppy type sounds and stuff like that. And all those pressured coyotes that were very call shy have turned back into hard chargers again. Yeah. I'll have to say, John, I, I think I said this in our first episode we did with you, but you're the reason I started hunting coyotes 
almost year round just because watching some of your springtime stuff and getting those hard chargers in the spring and we you know we kind of talked to you and i think i'll it's is right but spring is still probably your favorite is it not yeah, late spring, yeah. early summer, late spring. And I shouldn't say it's my favorite because I like the way the coyotes call. The right. coyotes call extremely easy through the late spring, summer months. Um, I think it's the easiest time to call coyotes, but at the same time, it's hot. Yeah. I ain't don't sweat. <laughs> I hate ticks. I don't like mosquitoes buzzing in my ears, and I sure don't like no daggone snake. Yeah, that ain't no joke. I'm out on that. So there is parts of it I don't like, but the coyotes, if you can if you can stand the heat and you ain't worried about all the bugs and stuff, pour it on them in late spring and summer because they will come good. Now you gotta play a different type of sound. You can't go in there and think, expect to call them up with like cagey cocktail or lightning jack. Not saying that you won't. You can call coyotes up to that type of stuff, but you need to be focusing in on puppy sounds. Yeah. And and a lot of times in that those summer months, you you get a lot more, uh, oh, doubles and stuff. You know, more yeah, multiple coyotes coming in because they're all kind of back together, not trying to fight each other, and you know, do Different. all the domination. You know, a lot of times, like I said, they'll have pups in the ground, uh, especially in that early part of summer and late spring. The mama really ain't probably gonna get too far from the den site, uh, but the, but the daddy's there you know the male coyote and usually they'll have one or two helper what they call helper coyotes around which might be a sibling uh or something like that and a lot of times you are calling in doubles and triples and what it is is usually the the daddy coyote and uh, a helper female or helper male out of the out of the bunch and it can be some very exciting hunting for sure maybe coyotes do sister wives <laughs> they, maybe. Do, they do. got three they wives have, there <laughs> I'm all sure. the time you're, it, it's funny because you might even go locate coyotes you know it's uh, through the summer months it's really easy to locate them they're very vocal through that time of year and a lot of times the pups will get to howling back at you too so you can actually locate the den sites you go over and get set up and call and you call a coyote up and you shoot it and you get up there and it's a female but it's dry it's not been milking it hasn't had pups and you're like why in the world this coyote run up here from this den site mm-hmm. well, helper female it was probably a it was a sister to to something that was around there it just got in with that uh, breeding pair and it turned into a helper coyote hmm. that's pretty neat that's pretty nifty that's interesting you see okay. it all the time so we have asked we have talked to our first two guests in our little coyote series and i know john likes talking about this sort of stuff so uh I don't really remember what he said last time, so I'm going to ask again. Twenty-two-two fifty. Caliber of choice. Twenty-two-two fifty or twenty-two Creed. You remember that? Uh, twenty-two yeah. Creed. That's a that's Ooh, a new one. That's, yeah. a, that's a little different one in the pot there. Yeah, yeah. You, you, we haven't had anybody say the twenty-two Creed yet. Well, yeah, actually, shot twenty-two Creed quite a bit. I've probably I've got one I've shot for the last two years. Probably got over four hundred rounds to it. Nice. Now is that a so they, yeah, that'd be a bolt gun, wouldn't it? You can actually, you can, they can be in ARs as well. I'd highly suggest you running it in a boat. Um, it's pretty much, everybody knows what the 6.5 Creedmoor is. Mm-hmm. You think about the 6.5 Creedmoor with the 22 cal bullet on it. She's moving. That thing's booking then. So I can shoot, I can shoot like okay. 70 and 75 grain bullets, uh, same speed as I'm practically shooting a 55 grain bullet out of a 22 250. Hmm. 
Nice. I, yeah, we need to look into Damn that it, John. More. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm another actually, gun on Nate's list. <laughs> I'm actually shooting 80 grain horn of the ELDs out of mine at over 3,400 feet per second. Oh, wow. Don't look at me. Damn. That's booking. That's just a just what just one payment just away. Just another one. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> actually we all just got new rifles and we all went with something different this year. So but we've been asking yeah. all of our guests what they've been using well, and none of us have you guys shooting. <laughs> but what did we what are we shooting now or what did we order? Yeah. What'd you order? Well, I ordered a two two three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ordered Micah's a, is not really necessarily. I, I got mine for a deer. I, I actually ordered a six five Creedmoor, but it's mainly gonna be my deer hunting rifle. But I'm gonna try it on I, I got some of those ninety five uh V Max, ninety five grain V Maxes. I'm gonna try them. But Oh, it'll put the coyotes in the dirt. You won't get no trouble with the coyotes. I figured that, but I I was more worried about putting too big of a hole in them. So I are you are you are you <laughs> No, no. I don't know why I'm Not worried most about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish our listeners I wish our listeners could see what John just did. And the, the problem is <laughs> yeah. so I mean, what's the issue? I'm definitely gonna, you know, shoot some coyotes with it, but I mainly got it just for deer. But we're gonna take it yeah. out either way. You know, some people give us the six you know, they wanna make fun of the six point five cream more a little bit, you know, the bandwagon stuff. But, right. Uh, it's a mighty fine caliber. I've seen it in action all over the country, hunting all kinds of different game. And I've seen a lot of coyote shot with it. It it it's a fine it's a fine cartridge. Doesn't have no kick. I mean, it's very pleasant to shoot. It's a it's a great great caliber. I'm excited. Like said, if you ain't gonna, if you ain't worried about skinning them and and sewing and stuff, then hey, who cares? Yeah, not yep. four big old holes in them. Yeah, I think I think Missouri's about like Kentucky. I mean, they're not worth much. Yeah, yeah. most of the time, but. Yep. Uh, I got. I ended up getting a two forty three, so I'm pretty. Because I've had that for before, but that's kind of an all around gun as well. But uh, I, I got a one in ten twist in the barrel, so I want to try to get some lighter loads pushing a little faster. I think is my goal. That'd be that'd be nice. I've shot a two forty three quite a bit in the past. Um, it it's really hard to beat. I I might have even told you guys the time before. You know, I I consider the twenty two two fifty and the two forty three will always be two calibers it'll always be in the top five coyote calibers of all time i don't care what comes out from now <laughs> through eternity those two will always be in the top five greatest ever for coyotes yep okay speaking of new calibers andy and andy and i are getting ready we think we're going to both build one what is your opinion on the new six arc I think it'd be great that, you know, they compare it to the 243, mm-hmm. you know, an AR, lightweight AR platform, uh, get you out of having going to what, the AR-10 for a 243. Right. So, you know, I, I hear good things about it. I don't have any experience with it, but I know some, uh, some really good coyote hunters, competition hunters that shoot the, shoot the six arc and they're happy with it. So yeah, pour it on it. Hey. At least he didn't say. All I needed. At least when we told him about what we got, he didn't say, "Well, that's stupid." <laughs> no, I, I'm not much on. I don't. You won't hear me bash any caliber. Um, I've shot a lot of different stuff throughout my life. I'm a I'm a rifle fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got appreciation for all of them. I will I will tell you what I think's better than something else. Um, but I'll never say that that one won't get the job done. You know, I've killed. Like you mentioned two twenty three. That's definitely not my caliber of choice, but I, I've killed a lot of coyotes with it myself. Seen a lot of other people knocking coyotes down with them. 
um, it's it's a nice it's a nice caliber. Let's yeah. take a step further. Do you have an ammunition of choice with your twenty two two fifty? Because I, I, you might have already said that, but what was you what were you uh, running out of that again? Yeah, I mean, I like several different. I like I, I tend to, to stay with a twenty two two fifty. I used to shoot some heavier stuff. I used to shoot like sixty nine grain stuff, sixty two grain stuff. But now I've dropped back, and I've actually got a fast twist twenty two two fifty. My twenty two two fifty is a one and eight twist um, to shoot heavier stuff. But I'll actually shoot lighter bullets out of it. Does really good with them, and I'm I'm sticking right with fifties, fifty threes, fifty fives. You know your, um, you know your your V maxes, your nozzler ballistic tips, all that type of stuff is really good good medicine on a coyote. Yeah. Do you have much experiences like with uh, some of the Hornaday stuff that's come out, like the ELDX, ELDM? Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually shooting the ELDs out of my 22 Creed. I'm shooting a 75 grain ELDM and the 80 grain ELDM out of my 22 Creed. Okay, okay, that's it's, that's it's one thing that on is out, excellent on bobcats. They don't turn bobcats up because I. Hate. I will I will skin my bobcats out there. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it, it, they do fantastic job. Um, we have shot. You were talking about the six point five Creedmoor. Me and my brother have both have six point five PRCs built, mm -hmm. and we're shooting uh, one forty three ELDXs and one forty seven e ELDMs out of them. Killed mule deer, whitetails antelope all kinds of stuff with them coyotes they're great bullets great bullets i was yeah. trying to do some reading on them today and i found and, and maybe you know a little better than we do because you have more experience but the eldms have a little thinner bullet case like exterior so they expand maybe a little faster than than the x's is that does that sound well, right I mean, the, the m the m is pretty much a match bullet you right know, it's it's really designed as a target bullet but it is a good game bullet as well. We yeah. kill a lot of stuff with it. Well, Andy and I do doing research on possibly building that six arc. We were looking mm -hmm. for ammo um, right. availability. And Hornaday is pretty much obviously the only manufacturer of it right now. And they've got the ELD black or the blacks. Which are ELDXs. Which is the ELDX. They've got the ELDM and the Precision Hunter. You yeah. can't find the Precision Hunter anywhere. I can't oh, find really? it anywhere, but you can find the ELDM. Grab, grab them and, and grab them and put them to use. Put them to use in the field. You'll you'll be satisfied with them. Perfect. So well, good. What I like around. to hear. See that that's I, I, that's what I keep going back to. Well, for comparison, um, I've got a couple of buddies that shoot uh, six creeds, six yeah. millimeter three more, and they're shooting the ELDXs and the ELDMs out of them and just piling up coyotes left and right. So they're good bullets. And you're going to be shooting the same type of bullet out of six hearts. So. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Now, we, we might own some six creeds right now if we could have got our hands on anything. But Yeah. They were all out you know, of stock. I mean, part of, part of the reason items. we made decisions we made is because I didn't want to wait a year and a half for a gun. You know, right. I could get this two two three and and what I wanted. Andy could get the two forty three and what he wanted. And Micah yep. could get the six five creed. We all right. could have ordered six creeds. But, man, you, you just can't find anything, and build, build them takes forever, and, you know, we're ready to get them on the ground start hunting with them. So. Right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So. I will say I I don't own a six creed, but, uh, like I said, um, my boss, Mike Dillon, has one. We shoot one some on Fox Pro Hunting TV with uh, you know, Al, Al shoots one. Mm -hmm. Buddy Cody Hassinger shoots one. I am impressed with the six creed. 
if I have the opportunity to build another gun, it'll probably be a Secret Creed. Nice. Yeah, we've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah. Are you uh, – I'm the one I had settled on that I wanted to get, which I don't know. I mean, you might just build, but I was kind of looking for one that was, you know, a nice high-quality produced one. Uh-huh. And I ended up settling on – I wanted the Springfield Armory Waypoint. It's right. a six yeah. creed with a 20-inch yeah. barrel um, instead of uh, the other brand I was actually almost ready to buy was a Christensen uh, MPR. But mm-hmm. the 24-inch barrel kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'm a short dude. You know, it's a pretty long gun, so I was looking for something maybe a little shorter barrel. But you you can't find those waypoints anywhere. I mean, I so, might be waiting for two years for the thing. You're just used to working with a shorter tool is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> we got him on board now. Maybe. <laughs> no, uh, I like shorter barreled rifles myself. You know, my 22 is is just a 20-inch tube on it. Um, you know, I like it because it, it's uh, it's easier to maneuver, especially once you put a, a suppressor mm-hmm. on the end of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it cuts a little bit of that length out of there, and they're stiffer. A, a shorter barrel stiffer than a longer one, so you can get you can get better accuracy. You really can. So what I'm you're saying not, is, hey, it, it makes you happy. Hey, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> God, I'm the same way. I mean, you know, I was kind of looking at just kind of going in and out of sets. You know, I have a my gun currently is 36 inches long without a suppressor right well i'd be jumping up to a gun that's 46 inches long without a suppressor already and then i've got a suppressor on the way too i'm going to be adding you know oh, it turns uh, turns into chore just getting it out of the vehicle right yeah. can you even get it in a damn case at that point without taking the suppressor off you know probably not probably so not. um but you just couldn't find that waypoint so we kind of started looking at other options and i actually the 223 i got is a an npr Okay. Two, two, three, but it, they come in a twenty-inch barrel, sixteen or a twenty. Okay. I went, I went with a twenty. You hear that, Mike? He had to, had to settle for the. I didn't the settle, NPR. I guess, yeah. but I was happy with you know going that direction. Andy, <laughs> you know, with the two forty-three, it's kind of that same thing. It's 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 a tried and true round, yeah. Which the yeah. six creed was born out of, basically. Yeah, you can't you can't beat those calibers. They're great. We 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 wouldn't make it through a show without John with John without <laughs> talking about. Gun calibers. Oh, absolutely. That's for sure. Well, boys, what else you got? Well, I don't Any, know. Is there anything else that we should cover, John, as I, far as, you know, this time time frame, what Pete and Hunter should be thinking about going out there? Well, one thing is we was talking about the breeding season, and uh, I mentioned it's kind of on the tail end of it. I think a lot of coyotes, you'll still see some breeding activity out there, but, you know, we're practically in the middle of March now. Mm-hmm. Um I've been killing coyotes in a couple of different states from Kansas, you know, right through your all's area from Kansas back to me. Uh, coyotes right after like Christmas week, right after Christmas, just a few days after Christmas that were already spotting mm-hmm. that were, you know, coming in heat back then. So a lot of your coyotes are already bred. A lot of them's heavy bred. So it's kind of, it can be some tough hunting right now. March is tough. Um, just like we said, there's a lot of coyotes that's been killed. You know, from all the hunters that's been out there hunting and the coyotes that haven't been killed, you probably ain't gonna find too many that hasn't been called to. So you're gonna have a lot of call shy coyotes that are left over. Yeah. You just really gotta just dig in there and be patient and just keep grinding. You're gonna have some dry sets. Everybody has dry sets. Mm-hmm. I have dry sets. I I've hunted with the best 
coyote hunters in the world and they have dry sets all the time so don't get discouraged about making dry coyote stands it's just part of it 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 makes you know when you do have those successful stands it's what makes it all worth it just just hunt smart make sure you're hunting the wind and don't be afraid to try different sounds Uh, like i said with the tail end of this breeding season they might those breeding type sounds and sequences are going to be tailing off and they won't be coming to them as good so that's when you got to really start thinking about those other sounds. You know, they're going to be call shy on some of those rabbits you saw it the other day. So don't <laughs> be afraid to try stuff like fox distresses, raccoon type sounds, bird sounds, just anything off the wall that, that a coyote might come running to. If you don't play your other type of rabbits, your snowshoe hares and jackrabbit sounds, and you don't think anybody else is playing around you, cut those suckers loose. Throw some sound out there and see what see what'll stick so you want to run into them and if nothing else works maybe a little soft core porn you never know what can come in right i got i got one one final question and the answer sure. can't be kentucky <laughs> where is your other favorite state to coyote hunt in and why is it missouri <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got, i've got a lot of friends in missouri but none of them will invite me to coyote hunt Hey, you you got you got three of them right here. Come on up. Yeah, teach well, us y'all something. Y'all done told me y'all done call shot them. All. <laughs> <laughs> done ruined them all. But seriously, you said did you say Kansas? We're probably laughing Kansas. over you. Kansas. I like yeah. yeah, yeah. Kansas and then Wyoming. I really like Wyoming. I got a brother that lives out there. We'll go out there and hit public land stuff. Um, over fifty percent of the state's public land. Mm-hmm. Did you just go? Find you a two track and go to drive and hop out and go make coyote stands. You probably make a lot of dry ones, but you're gonna call coyotes up too. Yeah. And you don't really have to worry about nothing. Uh, I just it that's my type of hunt. Getting out there where you can just start making stand after stand after stand after stand after stand and call to you sick of calling. Yeah. Because they've got that much ground and it's open to everybody. Open to me, open to you, open to you, open to you. Everybody can go hunting. So there I like that type of stuff. Yeah, those actually are fun some of my favorite shows of yours to watch is when you're out there. Uh, yeah. And we're and and you know, it's, it's different stands all the time. You know, like a lot of times we're hunting around here, I'm going back to hitting the same farms all the time. You can literally, I mean, the number of stands you can make in a state like Wyoming is endless. I mean, it, you know, you can and never see the same place up. twice. Oh, and it's crazy. I, yeah. I, and breathtaking scenery too. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Before we hop off one last time, give everybody a, uh, rundown of how they can get a hold of your stuff and check you out and uh and then we'll let you we'll let you on with your day sure uh, a lot of you guys if you do know who i am you're used to seeing me with tooth and claw tv uh tooth and claw tv content is still up there but we will not be adding any new content to there back in december i started full time with fox pro game calls i'm uh hunting and filming and doing a few other things for Fox Pro now. So all of my content that I'll produce will be on Fox Pro's channels. Fox Pro Hunting TV is Fox Pro Inc. on YouTube. It's Fox Pro Hunting TV on Roku, MOTV, and Carbon TV. Go check them out. Lots of awesome content on on there. Again, same thing for social pages. Fox Fox Pro underscore Inc. on uh, Instagram and TikTok. And, of course, you can find us just Fox Pro fox pro inc on facebook you know how i found that out so i'm I'm pretty bad at social media i don't pay attention real well and you know there's probably some sort of announcement and i you know i might even said hey congratulations i still don't remember uh i was watching <laughs> your i was watching your stuff and i'm like 
why is there nothing on John? Like, uh, that's two weeks old. Where's the next thing John's got going on? And I, then I kind of started researching. I'm like, oh, it's over here. So, uh, yeah. And we've, we've put us a lot of stuff out. You know, usually with Tooth & Claw TV, we'd usually put one stand out with an episode. Man, you you go watch the episode now on Fox Pro. We're putting like two stands on there mm-hmm. for every episode. We're putting out a ton of content. Actually, putting usually putting two shows a week, sometimes three shows a week. And I usually I'll have at least two stands on, sometimes three. A lot of awesome content on there. A lot of stuff for stuff for everybody. You know, we're hunting from one coast to the other, northeast, midwest, southwest, northwest. We're, or something for everybody. So get on there and check it out. Yeah. Fox, fox hunting, coyote hunting, bobcat stands, just everything. Well, Perfect. John, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, you're one of our, obviously it's, we've had you on the show now multiple times. We think you're a, a straight up killer guy, guy we look up to that, you know, we'd like to, I mean, honestly, we have you on for own selfish reasons. <laughs> We're learning. <laughs> We're just trying to, you know, pick your brain and be like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense so that we can get better. Uh, and um and obviously the listener you know can use what you're saying and and hopefully uh get themselves on some more dogs when as it gets a little harder for them later in the later in the uh, season you know i'm i'm still i appreciate you guys having me on i appreciate the kind words and you know i can come on anytime you know just pick the topic if you've got got listeners that's wanting to hear about something specific throughout the coyote world we can try to cover that topic and hopefully somebody can learn from it i'm still learning myself you know i'm learning every day uh but you know if somebody can can watch some of our stuff we're putting out on Fox Pro or watch some of your guys' stuff, listen to your stuff, listen to us on this podcast here, and if they can take anything away from it and it helps them kill a coyote down the road somewhere, then, hey, we did our job. You know, and, I feel like we're successful. And that's that. I, that's what makes you successful. The You were – man, you might have been second, but you were either the first or the second coyote hunter I ever started watching. I don't know about you guys, but he, he was either He's first or second. One, yeah, yeah. And – what I got from him the first few times I watched him, I happened to watch summer stuff he was doing, mm-hmm. is you do not have to go buy all this stuff that a lot of hunters have, and it's cool to have. I mean, it's nice having cool toys. But in the end, get a call, get a gun, and go hunt. And that's mm-hmm. that's what you were doing the first few times I watched you. And that was back when I really hadn't really started coyote hunting that much yet. So And still does. I mean – my favorite ones when you're self filming and yeah. you work you're working the camera, you're working the gun, you're working the call. I mean you're 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 on it and it's you hunting. Yeah. But I think we uh we might have to hit you up and see how this turkey season goes. Yeah, sure. Sure. Sounds yeah. good. Well Sounds good. you boys don't have enough anything else for John. I'm good. John Collins, thank you for coming on, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. That was good. Absolutely. We say that every week. That was a good one. I mean, I don't think we're going to try to produce a bad podcast. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> we yeah. just come out, we're like, you know what, guys? We're sorry. We're apologizing. <laughs> we dropped the ball. You that know, blue ass. Hey, try us again next week. It might be better. <laughs> John just, I mean, just has a wealth of knowledge. I mean, he's done this for a while, seen some things, been some places, and uh, it's awesome just to pick his brain. I'm really hoping he takes us up on the offer of him coming up here to kill some coyotes. Yeah. I think it would just be a good time. I do, too. Although, I'll be honest, he would make me nervous. <coughs> I'm afraid I'd do something, mess up something during Yeah, he'd, set. like, look at me oh, like, Oh, this is all. I'd be like, here, doing? these are my spots. I'm going to follow you I'm now. just yeah. going to follow you like a <laughs> I'm going to hide in the bush and watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, you make it sound creepy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a hotel is this? <laughs> That's Nate's short stick. <laughs> 
So, but no, man, lots of good information on that one. So, uh, keep grinding. I mean, if you guys mm -hmm. that, or maybe there's a time where you're like, you know what, things are real rough. I'm going to give it a few weeks, and then I'm going to go get back after it. Yeah, you know, before you get after turkeys, because turkey season's it's right around the up. corner. It is, and we actually talk about this, I think, in one of the other episodes before. But coyote hunting actually shuts down in the daytime. I'm doing double check here real quick. Getting on that MDC app. I'm getting on the MDC app. Uh, April 1st through April 18th, coyotes, you are not supposed to hunt them during the daylight hours. I still say shame on MDC for kind of hiding that. Yeah, they don't make it They don't make well it known. real well known. I mean, I guess it's, it's technically not closed because you can shoot them during nighttime hours with natural light. It's But isn't it funny how May, March 31st, it ends. It then, ends. Yeah. And then, okay, now, now you can go back. Oh, no, you can't. It's like no holds bar until March yeah. or, you know, through March. And then March 1st. Nope, nothing. What's yeah. the opening of Turkey? Or April 1st, I mean. Uh, uh, April 18th. Or is that the... I think it has more to do with the coyotes pupping than right. it does... Which I could be wrong. funny to me because... You want them gone, want but them yeah, at the same time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, turkey season starts on the 18th. Okay. That's what I thought. And then, so during turkey season, I don't believe you can hunt coyotes with methods not allowed during turkey season. So I can't go out with my rifle... And shoot coyotes after you shotgun, if I'm not mistaken. Say, hold on, say that. Again. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. After eight, uh, April 18th, you can't. So hunt pretty coyotes. much, you. It, so almost the whole month of April, yeah. you can't hunt a coyote coyotes. unless it's with a shotgun after the 18th. What? Seriously? I don't know. Special method restrictions apply during spring turkey season. See allowed prohibited methods. Shotgun. That sucks. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, we got we got those new rifles coming. I really, <laughs> go shoot some dogs with it. Are you reading it again? I'm trying to to, to check prohibited methods, but I'm pretty sure that. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I would uh, just highly suggest everybody go do your own damn research. Right. Yeah, maybe because <laughs> we're doing it ourselves right now. Conservation. Yeah, actually. I don't think it says on here, but um, I'm about to make a call to our guy because I'm almost. Because turkey season's what three weekends, three weeks? Yeah, because it says. I mean, it says right here. I just read it. About to read it again. Special method restrictions apply during spring turkey season. See allowed and prohibited methods. That don't make no sense, though. I'm not hunting a freaking turkey. I'm hunting a coyote. I would like to. I think I'm going to try to hunt a turkey though too. I'm probably going to at use the it. same time. Well, if that makes no sense. Well, I'm going. No, I'm hunting turkey. I'm going to go turkey hunting. Is what I'm saying. Oh, you're yeah. Okay. I'm gonna use a bow for that. Are you? Yeah, that's cool. I do. I got some. If they stick around, I got some pretty good, pretty good sized toms. You know, out th out there at my uh, the property, I can hunt. So I'm kind of excited about that. Nice. Hey, uh, do we want to do a teaser? I think so. It's time. Tease them. <laughs> you, your idea. Um, I think we said this last week, but our hundredth episode is coming up. Yeah, we're gonna celebrate because I don't know how the hell us three jackasses have made it a hundred episodes by that without time. killing in a you. row. Yeah, in a row. I don't know how we've done it, but we have. So we have. We hopefully in a few weeks we'll make it to our hundredth episode, and to celebrate that hundred hundredth episode, we're gonna have a nice BS session. It's gonna be a fun episode, just talking about our memories, whatever the hell we want to talk about. Favorite really, episodes, upcoming plans. Sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're gonna do some listener questions. I know I'm gonna do some posting, uh, yeah. ask yeah, questions. But uh, so be be ready for those social media posts. Even better though, 
for our listeners. We wanted to also give back to our listeners in some sort of a big way, I guess you'd call it. So we've got some giveaways. We've uh, got our partners to kind of help kick in a little bit to celebrate our 100th episode and some cool stuff coming your own way. Yep. So be ready for that. Yeah. You'll get a few more details down the road. Yeah. (laughs) We're working out the details and how we're going to run it and uh, do the giveaway, but uh, it's... It's a lot a of several good stuff. things. A, lot a, lot of good stuff. a few things. We'll have some few opportunities to win, not just one, I think. Yeah. It's a few more than one, but less than three. Few is at least three. Well, then it's more than a few, isn't it? I hope so. Boom. Hope so. Yeah. So be looking for that because we're excited to have this 100th episode. Um, we we kind of struggled with, like, what do we want to do? And all three of us to a T said, we want to give shit back to our, yep. mm-hmm. our listeners because somehow through Without 100 you episodes, you all have listened to us. Don't know why, but hey, whatever. We appreciate it. <laughs> we appreciate you. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, I mean, honestly, without them, we'd be talking to ourselves. We kind of already are, but then people listen. <laughs> uh, and, you know, be looking for those posts on social media because mm-hmm. I am going to, I think a lot of what we're going to do in that show is, you know, li- answer some of the listener questions. Give us some good questions. Suggestions. Make some too. hard questions. You know, the suggestion box back in the day? Yeah. I'm going to, you know, do a virtual suggestion box. You know, they can re- uh, request episodes. We'll, we'll, we will read every single listener question. As long as it's appropriate. On the show. <laughs> yeah, as long Knowing as Nate, it probably won't be, but, you know, yeah. it's fine. I'm not going to ask myself a question. I should. <laughs> I should. Jeez. <laughs> Just opened up a box there. Yeah, we did. Yeah. It's, I'm going to go create a fake account called, what should my my fake account name be? Hey, why is Nathan the best looking one? Hey, what <laughs> stupid shit like that? We know it's coming now. Yeah, I just want to think of my fake account name. That's a real brain buster. Jerk there, McGurkin. Huh? That's what my name's going to be. Jerk McGurkin. Okay, yeah, and I'm going to think of some funny ass question. Okay. Yeah. All right. You guys ready to hop off? Let's do this. Hey. Good night, boys. See you.